Hello, my name is Alyssa Day. I'm one of the leaders here at Greenhouse. And this is a special recording from my home to you, um, particularly for the podcast listeners, uh, because our recording equipment didn't work on the Sunday I did this talk. So there might be a few new stories or um, a little bit different nuance to how I do the talk today, um, to maybe how I did it in the room. But I hope you enjoy it and I hope it's helpful for you and encouraging to you today. Hello and welcome to the Greenhouse Church Podcast. My name is Benj Gould and I'm the lead pastor. We are all about creating an environment where anyone can follow the way of Jesus. So we hope that this teaching helps you on your way. So a few years ago, I was trying to buy my friend um, an amazing birthday present. She lived in New York and I particularly wanted to get her um, a bunch of donuts to be sent to her office for her birthday. Donuts, of course, in the States is a massive thing. And so there's so many great companies in the US that um, deliver those donuts. So I got online, I found the perfect little box of um, donuts to be delivered to her office, went through to the payment gateway, put in all my details and clicked go and it kind of shut down. And then I don't really know what happened there, but I think I may have hit it again, which is obviously a major user error, but um, it wasn't working. So the best thing to do, of course, is to check your email. So I did that. No confirmation on the donuts being um, purchased or sent. Um, and then I went to my bank account and I was quite surprised to find that my bank account was a lot lower than I expected. It was down to zero. Um, and as I scrolled through the bank statement, it was literally a dollar after a dollar after a dollar transaction of one dollar each all of our money <laughs> had been taken in these pending $1 transactions. Um, like the, the thing had been stuck in a loop trying to take this payment for these donuts in New York. Um, and so I ended up with no donuts for my friend and no money. <laughs> um, I, so I think spending a few hundred dollars on non-existing donuts was not a good way to steward my money. Um, but today we are going to talk about what is a good way to steward our money um, and some encouragements around what Jesus says about stewarding our resources well. So firstly, just two things to confess and come clean about up front and then four points for us to come away with that hopefully will be a bit of encouragement to you. The two things I need to confess um, hopefully will multiply into the four good things. <laughs> um, so firstly, I'm not great with my money. I'm not um, great and I don't think any of us are. We're all, um, yeah, on a journey to working out what's right and um, stewarding what we have well and not being selfish. I am selfish. I am caught in consumerism as much as a lot of us are, I think, in the Western world. And we need to learn to do this well. Um, our modern society, I think, sells us such a lie around money, what we need and where our value comes from. And I want to acknowledge that we all carry a lot of anxiety when it comes to money. So up front, this whole series around generosity and money 
it's quite confronting and it feels a bit weighty. So as you're listening to this talk, you might feel a bit like, oh, I'm going to stop it now because it's about money and I really don't want to go there. I just want to say it is an area that there's a lot of shame around and just bringing it into the open and into the light and talking about it is one of the biggest um, things and best things that we can do. And many people um, bury their heads in the sand month by month just trying to make ends meet. So um, if that is you um, that is listening right now and you're having a struggle with money, please do get in touch with us. Um, We'd love to chat and see if we can signpost you to some help or at least just talk it through and walk it through with you Um, because we'd hate for people to be in a place um, and struggling with finances on their own. So firstly, I'm not great with my money. I'm not an expert. And so this talk isn't um, a talk on how to be great with your money. Um, I'm on the journey with you. And the second thing I need to confess is that I am a fundraiser. And when I did this in in the room, I think there was a bit of a like, she's going to ask us for loads of money. Um, But I have worked in the charity sector for over 10 years in fundraising, and I'm not quite sure how it came to pass, um, but I kind of fell into it, I suppose. Started out in events, doing corporate events, and I really enjoyed setting up beautiful tables and hosting great parties. But at the end of the night, um, there would just be nothing to take away apart from probably a few sore heads. And um, so I ended up using some of my skills into the charity sector and realizing little by little that there wasn't that many people um, that were that comfortable to ask people for money. And um, I'm actually now, 10 years later, um, really, really passionate about this space because, um, yeah, it's important where we get to ask um, and invite people to give to causes that are Um, in my case, um, kingdom causes and things that um, God's hands on. And so I'm passionate about um, seeing a restoration of people's lives and seeing God use um, the finances for good and his kingdom advance because of it. So I'm not great with my money and I am a fundraiser. So as you're listening to this, keep that context in your mind. Um, That's where I'm coming from. That's what I do and who I am. And hopefully I'm just similar to you. (laughs) So today we are talking about stewardship. So just before we jump into the Bible verse for today, I just wanted to define stewardship for you. It seems like um, a word you may or may not have heard before, but um, in the context of the talk, it's helpful to define what we're talking about. So stewardship is the job of supervising or taking care of something such as an organizational property. But in biblical terms, um, Charles Bug, love that name, defines stewardship as utilizing and managing all resources God provides for the glory of God and the betterment of his creation. So I love that, that all of the things that he provides to us, we can care for and for his glory and the betterment of creation. We are resourced to do that, to use those finances as well. So Benj talked about two weeks ago, um, if everything is God's, then we have a responsibility to steward it, to, to steward what he's given to us. So go back and listen to that talk if you haven't already around the context of um, the theology of abundance or scarcity and that God is a God of abundance. And so if that's the case, then what, 
what if we, what are we to do and what is it that we hold the scripture for today is Matthew 25:14 so if you want to grab out your bible or maybe you're on your phone i will read it out for you um but you may want to get your paper bible out if you're sitting and listening to this podcast that would be awesome So it's the parable of the talents, or in some versions, it says the parable of the three servants, um, which I like that that phrasing. So um, I'm reading from the New Living Translation, and I'll read it for us now. So Matthew 25, starting at verse 14. Again, the kingdom of heaven can be illustrated by the story of a man going on a long trip. He called together his servants and entrusted his money to them while he was gone. He gave five bags of silver to one, two bags of silver to another, and one bag of silver to the last, dividing it in proportion to their abilities. Then he left on his trip. The servant who received the five bags of silver began to invest in the money and earn five more. The servant with the two bags of silver also went to work and earned two more. But the servant who received just one bag of silver dug a hole in the ground and hid the master's money. After a long trip, after the long trip, their master returned and he called them to give account to how they had used this money. The servant whom he had entrusted five bags of silver came forward with five more and said, Master, you gave me five bags of silver to invest and I have earned five more. The master was full of praise. Well done, my good and faithful servant. You've been faithful in handling this small amount. So now I will give you many more responsibilities. Let's celebrate together. The servant who had received two bags of silver came forward and said, Master, you've given me two bags of silver to invest, and I have earned two more. The master said, Well done, my good and faithful servant. You have been faithful in handling this small amount, so now I'll give you many more responsibilities. Let's celebrate together. Then the servant with the one bag of silver came to the master and said, I knew you were a harsh man, harvesting crops you didn't plant, and gathering crops you didn't cultivate. I was afraid I would lose your money. So I hid it in the earth. Look, here is your money back. But the master replied, you wicked and lazy servant. If you knew the harvested crops I didn't plant and gathered crops I didn't cultivate, why didn't you deposit my money in the bank? At least I could have gotten some interest on it. Then he ordered, take the money from this servant and give it to the one with the 10 bags of silver. To those who use well what they are given, even more will be given, and they will have abundance. But from those who do nothing, even what little they have will be taken away. Now throw this useless servant out into utter darkness, where there will be weeping and gnashing of teeth. Oh, it doesn't end well, does it? (laughs) Um, So I'm sure um, you may have heard that story before. Just to give a little bit of context for those reading in some of the versions around the talents, um, a talent is just a portion of money. So this version did talk about a bag of silver. So it's not exactly your X factor talents um, that you bring to the table, although I'm sure God could use those too. (laughs) But here's a few things, four things that we could take away from the verse today and some of the things that um, I've had on my heart around this topic. So firstly, this verse in context, is not an economical solution to how we get more wealth, how we invest. It is the Bible. It's a story about God's kingdom. This is a parable about what God's kingdom is like. Following the parables where Jesus is trying to paint a picture of what it's like to be in his kingdom and how we can participate. So this 
parable itself is Jesus um, putting out an invitation to participate in the kingdom coming. It's not a law, but Jesus is saying, if you want to see the kingdom come, if you want to see it here and now, then you can get involved. So this is not a parable telling us how to buy stocks or what to invest in, to invest in houses or whatever it is. It's about using all we have for the sake of the kingdom and that it's going to look different for each of us. And I think that's that's important to each of you listening, um, that it's different for each of you, um, how God calls you and what he asks you to do with your finance is so different across the board. So we can't look to one another and say, you're not doing the right thing. But as long as you know, like Ben said a couple of weeks ago, if you know that God's calling you to do that, um, then you have the confidence um, to use your money in that way. But it's about participating. We talk at Greenhouse about our vision being to participate in the restoration of this area, to be a restoration corridor. And God is inviting you to partner with him as a restorer of this land and of these people to see heaven come here. I think that's just such a beautiful picture that I want to be part of that. I want to use my money for the sake of the kingdom coming and to restore this land and these people that we would see heaven come here. So there's an invitation to participate. That's my first point today. It also starts with a master going on a long journey. And so this is a picture of Jesus leaving us with the mission. Um, so he leaves us and says he's going to come back again. And in the in-between time um, of him leaving and coming back, which is the time we're in right now, we um, see we want to see his kingdom come on this earth. And he entrusts us with the multiplication of the kingdom. He puts it into our hands and asks us to be involved, to partner with him and to be his servants. Um, and that's why I liked the idea of it being a parable of the, the three servants um, serving the master and carrying on the legacy of the master, what he first created, carrying that on and stewarding what the master first set up. I don't know if you've ever thought about what God has in his hands. Like, I don't know that God has like a bank account, for example, but he has us in his hands when we're surrendered to him and him using us and participating um, and partnering with us. Um, restoration can happen through our hands and through our bank accounts and through what we have. I used to work um, for the Cancer Council in New South Wales. And um, we used to talk about the money given to the Cancer Council as daffodil dollars. So I don't know if you know too much about Cancer Council, but they have a daffodil day and you sell lots of daffodils and the money raised from that, which is usually millions of dollars, is then what um, the charity uses to put out to research and um, make sure that people are paid and um, that kind of thing. And it used to be really um, a good way for us to remember um, who had given that that money. And so every time we were doing a marketing campaign or we were hiring a new staff member or something like that, we'd, we'd think about the funds that we were using as the charity as daffodil dollars. So money given by generous donors that are wanting to see cancer as not a thing anymore. Um, cancer is a thing of the past. And so... I was thinking about when I was preparing that sense of what if we thought about um, God as our generous donor, like it's God's money. 
or Christ's coin, <laughs> whatever you want to um, phrase you want to use to help you re- remember. But what if we thought about him as our generous donor? Would he be proud of the way we're investing his money? Um, all that he gives us, would he be proud and would he want a little impact report of um, how we've been using it? I know he trusts us and he entrusts us, but wouldn't we want to um, do him proud with what he gives us? So he entrusts us with resource. He gives us um, resource and we can use it in a way that he could be proud of and that um, ways that would he would delight in and so we get that amazing opportunity so he invites us to participate he entrusts us with resource he gives us um, and equips us with resource to use and the third thing I get from this verse is that it involves risk in the message version of this um, when it comes to the last servant um, it says about um The master saying, this is not for the cautious or the play it safe. He actually says there's risk involved. It's risky business. (laughs) I want you to take a risk. So in order to steward the first two invested, worked and risked the money they were given, they had to give in order to receive more. You, You realize that, that they had to give out the five. They had to give out the two in order to receive back. And then the master blessed them with abundance. So that's risky. Um, I think in this um, cultural moment we are in right now with um, costs of living rising and interest rates rising and people, um, and what I can tell and I myself, you start to fall into a little bit of fear around your finances about are we going to be able to afford this? Are we going to be able to pay our mortgage? Um, is the cost of lettuce going up and are we going to be able to afford to, to buy vegetables? Um, maybe we should grow our own. All good questions and I think we shouldn't shy away from those questions. But also um, God is saying here that to be part of the kingdom and to be um, kingdom investors, um, it is risky. It is risky because there's trust involved, the trust that he is going to provide not us holding on to the finance or um, what we have to ourselves and burying our talent, burying our lunch, keeping our lunch to ourselves. It's not about that. It's about giving it away and trusting that there would be more like the manna falling from heaven, that they had to trust each single day that there would be um, some provided. It didn't last to the next day. They had to trust that God would again provide that next day. That last servant was afraid. He was bound in fear and he didn't do anything. He was actually so close-handed and unsure of the master's character that he actually didn't achieve anything. Are we sure of the character of our master? Are we sure of um, how wonderful and generous he really is to us and how he is the one that continues to provide for us. And if we're sure of that character, if we're sure of his faithfulness to us, then we have an ability to risk. Recently, we've been talking at my work about our ability to risk and because of what Jesus has done for us, we're able to risk. Um, So 
if we think ahead to all Jesus has achieved and because of that sure promise of and the hope we have in shalom and heaven coming and everything being restored again, then it gives us an incredible opportunity right now to, to risk for shalom, if that makes sense, to take a trust in him that he is going to restore all things. So he gives us room to play. He gives us room to um, innovate and create and to and to to test and to risk it's not um it's not a safe game the the journey of following jesus it's risky um but i think that's where the miracles happen is when we trust our all and give our all um to him and i'm not saying give all your money away but giving it all as a sacrifice as a surrender to him to say you can use all of this lord and how what are you going to do with it And if we're not holding on to any, if we're open-handed with it all, then he can multiply all of it. I hope that's helpful. (laughs) So firstly, there's an invitation to participate. He entrusts us with resource. He gives us something. Um, All of the servants were given something. It involves risk. Um, Both the servants that were able to multiply had to give away, and it involves risk. We can't hold on to it and be close-handed. And fourthly, I want to say that it should be fun. There's joy to be had. At the end, um, when he's commending each of the servants that came back with their money multiplied, um, he said, well done, good and faithful servant. Come and share in my joy. Come and share in my happiness. Some versions say, come and be my partner. Like, wow, what a joy to be able to partner with him in such a restoration. What a joy that he would call us like his partner. Um, I just think that's amazing. And that we all get to play. The one with five and the one with two both got to play. They had differing amounts, but they had the same um, the same commendation from, from the master saying, well done, good and faithful servant. Come and share in my joy. Come and partner with me. There was no difference there. Um, that might be something for you to take away today, that there was actually no difference between how um, those two with the five or the two, the ones that have millions of dollars or um, maybe some of us that <laughs> have a, a smaller amount to play with. Everyone gets to play. Everyone gets to be involved and everyone um, can multiply what they have. Just a quick story on... Um, our little journey in terms of this. Um, Jamie and I um, were part of a church in London and um, early days when we got married, we were considering what to do with our time in London and our skills and um, our money. And one of our leaders and mentors came to us and just planted a little seed in our mind saying, you know, you don't have any like major commitments in your life right now financially, or you don't have kids that require a lot of your attention and time. It's just you two and you're able to be flexible and um, creative with what, what you do with your time in, right in this part of your life right now. And we were starting to kind of think about business ideas and all of that, which wasn't bad, but this little seed of thought um, from this leader um, helped us to get thinking and asking God, well, what do you want to do with this time and these resources that we have right now? And so through a lot of prayer and discernment, we actually felt like um, God was leading us to serve church plans over 
a course of 12 months. So I quit my full-time job in the charity sector, um, which was kind of our solid um, <laughs> um, income at that time because Jamie was freelancing and still is, which is a journey in itself. Um, but we took this, this kind of risk um, to say, okay, God, like if you want us to do this, we can risk right now in, in this space and this time that we have and the resources we have. And it was honestly such an incredible time of our life, um, being able to trust God in almost every week we were, um, we kind of talked about it as crumbs and caviar year, like some weeks we were like all scrounging around like to, to get enough to um, have um, food on the table, not in a bad way, but just, you know, um, you're, you're tightening things up. And then there was some weeks where we were like, we can go out for dinner. This is awesome. And um, there was just that deep trust we had to develop that God would be our provider in, and we could be content with whatever we had, the little or a lot. And honestly, since that time, we've got this deep trust um, that even though we've got a house and a mortgage to pay and two kids to provide for and um, all the things that um, we have to make decisions about, we have this real deep trust after that time that he would provide for our every need. So it's fun. And honestly, we just had the, such a blast that year. It really, um, I guess, strengthened our faith. Um, and it's fun to look back on that. And it was fun to just see what he was going to do next. And I think that's the joy of generosity. That's the joy of um, being able to give and to partner with God in this. The, it, there's a real joy in seeing what he's going to do, like giving out to um, to, to something or um, providing for someone or whatever it is that God's asking you to do. It's just amazing to see what he will do with that. And we've got story after story of those kind of things, of how things have intertwined. Yes. So let's go over those four things that you might want to take away. There's an invitation to participate. He entrusts us and gives us the resource. It involves risk. It's not safe. And fourth and finally, it should be fun. There's a real joy in generosity. So before I finish, I just want to give you a few little practical tips and um, because you might be asking, okay, this is all lovely, but really like when I'm looking at my budget or when I'm making the decisions, what should I really be doing? And so here's just a few questions or thoughts that you might want to think about when you're thinking about your finances and um, your budget and where you're deciding where your money goes. So firstly, does it line up with what God has been saying to you? And that, like I said before, is different for everyone. And that's the beauty of the kingdom, right? He calls us to all different things. Is it for the betterment of community and others? Is it not just for ourselves? Like how much do we spend? And when we look at our account, it's actually a lot for us. Is there um, spaces and amounts that are for others? Are we giving out from ourselves? Will it multiply and grow? Does it hurt a little? Is it actually a little bit of a sacrifice to you? Um, this is something for Jamie and I, we were giving in kind of more a comfortable way um, a few years ago. And um, after that year of um, 
you know, knowing that God continues to provide, we're a bit more comfortable to like take that uncomfortable step um, now. So when we make a decision about giving or doing something, we might both pray and um, have a figure in our mind. And then we say, can we go any further than that? Can we stretch that a little so that it's a bit uncomfortable to us? Is it a little bit of a sacrifice there? Um, not to a place where it's unhealthy or unwise, but to a place where it, it means maybe we can't have as many coffees out this week or maybe we can't have that dinner out. And, and that form of sacrifice is, is kind of putting ourselves second and putting others first. And if someone looked through your bank account, would you have a few stories to tell? I love thinking about that and I'd love to see that more in our finances too is like, oh yeah, that that amount there, I remember doing this or like we were able to be able to provide for this or we could do that and oh, I did my shopping that week and I spent a bit extra because I got someone else some shopping or um, I bought someone else a coffee or a lunch or whatever it was. Is there story in your finances and in your bank account? And one last thing is to think about um, – where you're spending your money. So is it um, helping the restoration of this area and what you've been called to? Um, We went out for dinner just a couple of weeks ago into a local restaurant in Long Jetty. And as I sat down, I was like, oh, this is like going to be a little bit of our money. (laughs) I was like, is that okay? Especially as preparing for this kind of talk. And I was like, yes, like it's blessing our marriage. We're having a lovely evening out. But also we get to support a business that's local in our area and that we want to survive um, through this season and we want to support them and and so making decisions of going out for dinner that actually serves and helps um, community as well um, that I think that is good stewardship and one last thing to say actually that's just come to my mind is when we're spending our money Um, One thing that's really been helpful for me recently is just to wait on something. It's not really our culture, is it? We're quite um, instant gratification. We want to have the things right now and, you know, things like afterpay and and that we, we just get it straight away and then we pay for it later. But what a spiritual practice to wait. What a spiritual practice to just hold tight and give it to God and say, is this something you want? Um, you know, you want me to have, um, and just to wait a little bit longer. So I encourage you when you're thinking about spending some money in the next couple of weeks, just wait on God. When I was pregnant with River, I was thinking about spending some money on some paints and um, materials for getting back into a little bit of painting to just have something for myself to do. And it was amazing. One week at church, um, one of um, the ladies in our congregation came up to me with a gift and a bag. I didn't open it till I got home, but when I opened it, it was all these beautiful watercolors and a paintbrush and a pad. And it was actually like exactly what I was looking at online. And um, it felt like a God gift. You know, when you've waited on something and you've given it to him and you think, oh, I don't know, we'll see about that. It's just amazing to see how God might gift it to you. And we've got loads of stories of that. So um, I think just wait on something this week if that's the case. So I hope you're encouraged today to steward what God's given you in good godly ways and to help his kingdom come. 
But just to finish, I want to give you something practical to do, whether it's on your phone or on a piece of paper in front of you. Maybe you want to do it after you've listened to this podcast sometime, but don't forget about it. I want you to write down um, two things. The first thing at the top of the page is something that is worrying you about money right now, something that's giving you a bit of anxiety, something that you need to um, ask for God's provision on um, or give to him because it's um, you've got a lot of fear in, around it and you're a bit afraid about what's going to happen next. And so I want you to write that down. And as you write it down, um, we're going to trust that God is going to provide and that he will, um, yeah, take away the fear um, in that space. And on the bottom half of your page or in your notes, um, I want you to write down what God might be asking you to invest in further or where he's asking you to put your finances or what are some of the things he's calling you to that um, you can be giving towards. So you may want to take some time after this podcast to ask God, so what is it that you want me to use my finances for? What are the things that um, you've made me passionate about that I should be investing in? And how can I invest in the kingdom better? How can I be seeing the restoration of this area and your kingdom come and heaven come through my finances, God? So would you write that down on the bottom of the page? And when we did this in the room, we actually um, got everyone to fold up their pieces of paper and put it into a jar at the front. And as they did that, um, they kind of said that they would trust you, God, in that. And we prayed over all of those pieces of paper. So um, whatever you want to do with your piece of paper or your note, um, but I'm just going to pray now just to finish um, to say that we will trust him. So, Lord, we thank you so much for entrusting us with your gifts. Thank you for giving us finance. Thank you for the little or the lot that you've given us. Thank you um, for the jobs we have and the welfare in this country. Um, thank you so much that we um, are a country that is so well off. And Father, would you help us as individuals and families to be able to steward the gifts you give us well? Um, we want to follow you and we want to see your kingdom come. We want to see this land and these people and, um, yeah, it all thriving, creation thriving, um, because we've been partnering with you, because we have partnered with you to see your kingdom come. And particularly at Greenhouse, we want to see the, this um, corridor of the Central Coast restored. We want to see it thriving and we want to see heaven come. So help us to partner with you to see that happen. And would you use our finance as well? And God, in the areas where we're anxious or worried about money, we ask that you would have your way. Would you comfort our hearts, help us to trust you, and would you be our provider where we need you, Lord? And would you bring people alongside that we can talk to and that we can journey with and areas that um, we might need help if we are in a, uh, a stuck situation right now? So God, we need you. We say we trust you. Thank you for being um, a faithful God that entrusts us with so much. And thank you for this incredible time that we have now that we can be creative, that we could steward what you've given us um, in, yeah, 
innovative ways and we want to partner with you to do that. So thank you for this opportunity, Lord. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen.